from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. I'm Greg. And I'm Tyler. And we're coming to you again another week of fast flying football action in the Champions League. We're going to do this is week number three with days uh, five and six of the Champions League round group stage. A lot of exciting news. I'm just going to blow the whistle. I don't have a whistle noise, but it's time for the kickoff. Tyler, let's go. Let's get into it. Starting off day five with a bang. We have Locomotive Moscow and Atletico Madrid tying 1-1. For me, one of the bigger surprises of the of these days, Borussia Mönchengladbach destroys Shakhtar 6 nothing. Mm-hmm. Destroys. That was that was almost my game of the week coming into this. So follow that up with Liverpool 5, Atalanta 0, Ajax winning 2-1 over Midland. We have Porto winning 3-0 over Marseille. We have Bayern Munich winning 6-2 over Salzburg. Much closer game than the score indicates. We have Man City winning 3-0 over Olympiacos. And Real Madrid winning 3-2 over Inter Milan. Amazing first, well, not first day, but first day of the week um, going in there. Yes, like you said, uh, Borussia, uh, Motion Gladbach was completely dominant. Got to give a big shout-out to Playa for a, a magnificent goal, but I'll get to that later when I get to my goal of the week nomination. I guess you already know who yeah, my goal of the week nomination way, is. Way to ruin the suspense, Greg. I know, <laughs> I know. But that's, that, I mean, like, it was such a beautiful, beautifully taken goal, but we'll get to out explain why it's my, play, my goal of the week when we get to that portion of the... Why of it's the, your player of the week. It's my player. There you go, Tyler, with the puns, getting all punny with me. Um, <laughs> lots of good games. Lots of good games. I watched the Liverpool game. Jota also had... Some fantastic opportunities on goal um, in that 5-0 victory. The surprise, the real shocker for me was how much Bayern Munich struggled against Salzburg in that game. Um, Like Tyler and I were having that conversation earlier, um, Salzburg actually held their own up until late in the game when their defense just collapsed. And and they had the opportunity to, to grab hold of the game early and just let it go against uh, the European Giants. It's crazy, you know. We last week we talked about Mönchengladbach not closing out the game. This game was two-two slash three-two in Bayern Munich's favor with ten minutes left in the game. With ten minutes left in the game, counting their uh, their go-ahead goal to go up three-two, Bayern scored four goals in like the last ten minutes of this game. Mm-hmm. You thought the Mönchengladbach collapse was bad. Salzburg was had. Worse. They, they they have some soul searching to do because that was they, they they very easily could have won this game. Mm-hmm. Bayern had lots and lots of trouble. Other games to of note was the was Real Madrid on their three two win, um, finally getting a win on the board. Um, coming up in their group to the the third place position, um, and kind of looking for their own redemption to get back into this. We're at the halfway stage, guys. I've said this before. Weeks one and two, they're okay. You could, you could, you've seen a lot of teams relax, like we've seen uh, Liverpool relax. But, you know, coming down into the last three games, we need to see a little bit more. So let's go into day number six of week number three. 
in the group stages. Day six, uh, starting off with an upset, Istanbul Başakşehir upsets Man United 2-1. to Zenit and Lazio tie 1-1. Greg's Barcelona wins 2-1 over Dynamo Kiev. Chelsea comfortably wins 3-0 over Reign. Dortmund wins 3-0 over Club Brugge. Juventus wins 4-1 over Ferguson. Leipzig wins 2-1 over PSG. We'll get into we'll definitely dive into that one a little bit later. And finally, Sevilla over Krasnodar 3-2-2. A few things to point out in this day. Now, I haven't watched all the highlights. The collapse of Manu's defense has been a story for quite some time, and I feel bad for Solskjaer and his position as the manager of that team. Um, there's a lot. They, they need to do some soul searching. Number 15 in the domestic league, you know, they're atop of the European Champions League, but with a display like, like this, where they, they went, the, the game was basically done in the first, in the first half. You did see Manu give some fight coming now into the into the last ends of the game as they usually do, but it's not the same spirit that we're used to seeing from Manchester United. Other things to note: beautiful goal by PK in that game against Dynamo Kiev. Um, Griezmann disappearing as per usual, <laughs> nothing that we haven't seen before. The Chelsea game, even though it was three nothing, was quite the the snooze fest um, on that scoring two goals off of penalty kicks. Um, they had uh, one good goal by uh, Abraham, which was fantastic. But um, the, the Chelsea game was, was riddled with fouls and just was not one of the best performances that we've seen out of the club. Another game where the scoreline doesn't really tell the entire story was that Juventus win against Frank Veros, that 4-1 victory. Uh, Dybala uh, showing some level of quality throughout that game, but although... Uh, reports are showing that, you know, uh, he still can't find this game. Could someone help this man find it? Please, uh, Morata showing up uh, big with that two-goal score on Frank Veros. Uh, it, was, it was a decent game. Leipzig beating PSG, another game that was riddled with fouls. PSG going down with two red cards. Um, Di Maria scoring the only goal, which was, um, it was a good goal. I'm not gonna say anything about the goal. It was a good. It was a well-deserved goal. Um, but could have could have had another one on the PK as well. Could have had another one on the PK. Missed out on that. Um, Lipsick really showing their quality against um, PSG. The French Giants just did not show up this game and lost. Honestly, coming through as as the game progressed after the, like right before the red card, all the way up until the second, all the way up until the end of the game, um, showing a lack of discipline in the backfield. And all throughout the the the, uh, the course of the game, they're they're playing more frustrated than uh, the quality that we're used to seeing from PSG. So as we run down the group standings, Tyler, let us know who is on top, who is not, and we will discuss soon after that when we reach to our halftime what that means for some of our prime stories. So we got Group A. Bayern Munich leading with nine points, Atletico Madrid in second with four, Lokomotiv Moscow in third with two, and Salzburg bringing up the rear with one. Group B, we have Mönchengladbach leading with five, Shakhtar and Real Madrid tied at four. However, Real Madrid is in third thanks to their loss to Shakhtar, something that we'll get into a little bit later. And finally, Inter Milan in last with two points. 
Group C, we have Man City with nine, Porto with three, Olympiacos, or, sorry, Porto with six, Olympiacos with three, Marseille with zero. Come on, Marseille, get something. You guys are struggling. Group D, we have uh, Liverpool leading with nine, Ajax and Atalanta tied with four, and Midland with zero. Group E, we have Chelsea and Sevilla tied with seven, and Krasnodar and Reign tied with one. Group F, Dortmund wakes up, leading with six, Lazio in second with five, Brugge in third with four, and Zenit bringing up the rear with one. Group G, Greg, you can celebrate this one. Barcelona leading the group with nine, Juventus in second with six, and Dynamo Kiev and Frank Veros tied with one. And finally, in Group H, we have Man United and Leipzig tied with six, and PSG and Istanbul Basakşehir tied with three. As Greg said, we're going to dive, take a deep dive into all these groups and kind of start to make some predictions off the play that we've seen. Uh, we are at the halfway point, as Greg said, and we do have two weeks until Champions League play in the group stage does resume. So why not make some predictions? Why not? Why not? Why not? It's, so it's that time. Let's 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 start at the top. Let's go to Group A. We have Bayern, Atletico Madrid, Lokomotiv Moscow, and Salzburg. This, is the, this to me is a very sneaky group, and mm-hmm. I think some of these points for how these teams have played is very deceptive. Correct. Bayern won all their games, but Lokomotiv gave them a game. I'll even say Salzburg gave them a game for eighty minutes. I know you mm-hmm. got to play the full ninety. But Salzburg was competitive in that game. And Madrid is playing well. Madrid has uh, woken up and has started to play at the, uh, the level that, that we were kind of expecting them to. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, the, the champs are here. The reigning Champions League champs, Bayern Munich, they're, they're going through. I, I think yeah. that that is a given. I don't think we really need to spend a lot of time on Bayern. But I will say this. I think that they look vulnerable a little bit. Yes, I was I was just about to bring up that point. I think that Salzburg um, this week has shown that Bayern Munich does have an Achilles heel. And if they could only capitalize on that, like we said, play through the full 90, then any one of these teams could have an opportunity at beating them. But Bayern is going through for sure. They have secured that with the nine points up front. They will need a complete collapse, which will be a three-game loss in the next, in a couple of weeks to come um, in order for them to not make it into the round of 16. So we're, we're already putting Bayern through. I, I, I literally think that it's a go, it goes between Atletico Madrid and Lokomotiv Moscow. Coming out of this two-week break, that's the game that's happening. Mm-hmm. I think whoever wins that game gets second. And I know that Atletico has four, Lokomotiv has two. But I, I don't know. I think if Lokomotiv pulls that out, they are very competitive. They are very, yeah. very good. They have found their rhythm, and despite their ties and their 2-1 loss to Bayern last week, they're showing mm-hmm. that they could be a real threat if they get through. Yeah. Um, so let's look at it this way. So Lokomotiv, um, the, next, the next couple games that they have to play, if they go up against Salzburg again, um, that could be – so they've drawn two games. So it's, so far they've drawn – against Atletico, and they've drawn against um, Salzburg. Salzburg. So the next game that they have to play would be, well, and they, they lost against Bayern. 
So Locomotive has to go back up against Atletico in the next two weeks, um, where they'll be playing away from home against Atletico. And the expectation, honestly, is that the the away games are harder, obviously, but there's no... This is where it gets tricky. There's no home field advantage because there are no crowds. There's no energy to pull from, um, which is why we're seeing such a turbulent group stage, honestly, throughout the entire group stage series here in the Champions League. So, but Locomotive is going away to Spain um, to play against Atletico, and then they're playing at home against Salzburg. Uh, That should be interesting. That could be their three-point pickup. And then they're going to Bayern Munich which I'm almost 90% sure that they're going to lose that one. Um, Barring any serious injuries or anything from the Bayern Munich team, um, they have been playing fantastic football throughout. I was going to say in case Bayern decides to to rest some players in that game since this is the last one, if they're they're already through. But, I mean, they pretty much got a whole new starting squad on their bench. So it's, you know, it doesn't really matter who they throw out on the field. It doesn't. They're, they're going to give anyone trouble off of that one. So Locomotive has a, a tough couple games to go. Um, they would need to at least draw against Atletico Madrid away from home, beat Salzburg in their house, and then go and take their throbbing over in <laughs> Munich. So um, I'm going to give a little bit better fear to – honestly, I'm, I'm going to give a little bit better fear to Atletico Madrid on this one. Um, they're also going to get their throbbing uh, from the the German giants, uh, but they do have an opportunity to beat Locomotive. I think that they have a better opportunity to beat Locomotive because they're at home and then also beat Salzburg for the second time. So I, I would predict based on the, the analytics that Atletico will be second to go through in this group. I, I do agree with you. I think Atletico does make it through. But there's a small part of me that kind of hopes a team like Locomotive is able to squeak through and they could maybe be the Lyon of last year where they finished seventh in the French League. No one really expected them to to compete and they made it to the semifinals. I think it would be a great story. I want one small team to squeak through and kind of be that Cinderella story. And I think Locomotive has a shot, but they have to get past Atletico. If they don't get past Atletico... It ain't happening. Correct. And, and it seems as though, so speaking of Cinderella stories, we could head on to group B where we're seeing something unprecedented. So we have in group B, we have Mönchengladbach uh, with five points on top of the group. We have uh, Shakhtar uh, tying with Real Madrid with four points each and Inter Milan down at the bottom of the table. Now Inter Milan, you know, historically has not been a super great team. They're, they're kind of like, the Clippers in Los Angeles, right? Oh, um, you taking a shot at my, my team? A uh, little bit, a little bit, a little bit. But it's, it's not a shot if it's true. So, um, <laughs> honestly, I think Inter Milan's got some more. Uh, they have more They have more trophies than, than, you know, the Clippers. So, they're a little bit better. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're the little brother um, over in Italy. And uh, AC Milan, who is now not, not quite the, the AC Milan of old, seeing themselves not in, in good standings for quite some time, not even in this competition. So, into Milan at the bottom of the group, we have Marcin Gladbach at the top. This could, be, this could be something for Shakhtar. Now, let's talk about Shakhtar for a minute. They're in the same group 
as Mönchengladbach, who is not a bad team, especially not within the past two to three years. Mönchengladbach has been showing great promise, has gotten a lot. They have uh, Marcus Thuram, who is a fantastic player um, in, on, their fi- on, on the field, who scored two goals against Real Madrid in their previous game and contributing quite a bit to the goal scoring this week um, when they thrashed Shakhtar. <laughs> when, when, when they destroyed Shakhtar on this game. Some beautiful assists. I've, I've seen like Turam's play good. We've seen player playing, <laughs> players playing really well as well. Mönchengladbach is going to be an issue. But this group is so up to debate. Tyler, who do you think comes out top of the group given the schedule next week? I'm going to cheat a little bit and say I will tell you after I see how Real plays Inter because Inter could very well beat Real and take them completely out of it and ultimately put themselves in the contention. But next week we have a rematch between Shakhtar and Mönchengladbach. This time the game is in Germany. Shakhtar had home field advantage. A little good that did him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think Mönchengladbach is going to come out on a tear. And they also get to follow up the next week against Inter at home. Mm-hmm. Correct. So they have two straight home games to really set the tone before finishing up against Real uh, away. Shakhtar, on the other hand, has to go into Mönchengladbach. Then they are hosting Madrid, who they won, who is looking for sweet, 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 sweet revenge. (laughs) And then finally, they are away at Inter. So Shakhtar has a bigger hill to climb. Correct. I, I don't know. I, I mean, is the is this the one where Inter and Real both don't make it, and Shakhtar and Mönchengladbach make it? That's that. That will be. That will be. One of the, I'm, like we said, I, I, I can't remember the date right now, but it's been a very long time since the, the 90s that Real Madrid has not qualified for the group stages. And we're, it's getting late. It's getting late. The only victory that they have so far is against Inter. And it was, it was a squeak. They had to squeeze by and, and try and make it. Now, I know that they're playing well in Spain. Who doesn't? You only have two two teams to compete against, which is... Uh, your next door neighbor, Atletico Madrid and Barcelona. There's no one else to compete for in Spain. I know that that you know I'm 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 a lover of Spanish football, and um, I always I always play that argument. And a lot of people that are fans of the Premier League always come always argue that point with me, and, and they're arguing to someone who's willing to listen to it. There's really no competition out in Spain when it comes to defending a title out there. They could breeze. They, they, the, their last game, they won it 4-1, I believe, um, before going into this 3-2 victory against Inter Milan. So a lot of things have to go right for Real Madrid. Saw some good things from Hazard. Um, I think, me personally, I think that Mönchengladbach goes in number one in this group. That's my thought process. Shakhtar has two away games, but it's split up. It's split up between match on their match day four and match day six. Um, with a home game against Real Madrid, who they have already proven that they could beat um, at home, like you said, Tyler. Um, I, I honestly think it's it's a it's a it's going to be a fight to the finish for this one. But I'm going to go with uh, Real Madrid going in number two in this group. 
I do think Real does make it out. Um, you you read my mind. This is my one and two as well. O- outside of being, you know, the, Real was the favored team to get through this group. They they should have pretty handily won this group. As I've said many times, I would have expected the problems that they're having to actually be from Barcelona, not yeah. from Real Madrid. Correct. And I think that they have not established their identity at all in this tournament. Mm-mm. Because you come out and you get humiliated by Shakhtar. You, you basically need a Mönchengladbach collapse to tie that game. But you progress in that game. You're, you're offensively sound. You're, you're playing the type of football that people expect from Madrid. You just weren't capitalizing on chances. This time, you, you play that way again, only you jump out 2 nothing, Only to blow the lead, to have it tied 2-2. And you need a late goal from Rodrigo to win this game and stay competitive in this group. Mm-hmm. They're having a huge identity crisis. And I think that there's a lot on Zidane's shoulders right mm-hmm. now. And he's got to whip that team up real quick because depending on where they come out in this group, they might not make it past the, the group of 16. No. Speaking of making it out, well, we could actually glance over group C real quick because I honestly believe uh, between Manchester City, Porto, Olympiacos, and Marseille, Marseille has not won a game yet. Their coach came out and is just, I'll say he swung into how bad they played. Yeah, yeah, they have called not, out they his own team. <laughs> they have not played. They have not played good ball at all. And the, here, here's a stat for you: Marseille has not scored a single goal in the Champions League this year, which is it is it's kind of embarrassing, um, especially for for I would say such a prominent club uh, in in French football. Now they should be able to compete. Have not been able to compete. Um, have not been able to keep out goals. Honestly, the the, the lowest scoring game that they've been in is, is against Olympiacos with their 1-0 loss. Um, so we know that they're out. Manchester City, especially last game against Olympiacos, showed their quality. Um, even though, you know, Olympiacos is one of the weaker teams in Europe, um, Manchester City showed up and really put the pedal to the metal. It's the best game I've seen them play uh, in both the domestic and in the European Champions League. Uh, so Manchester City is through. Porto is and has been a dynamite team in Portugal for many, 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 many years and have shown their quality throughout this through this expedition as well. And, and with Marseille and Olympiacos not playing their best ball, um, I elect Porto to be the second to go through. I agree with you. This one's pretty clear cut. I I will say Man City has kind of snoozed its way through this tournament. The, the, that could come back and hurt them once they're out of the group stage, once they start getting into some of these uh, more competitive teams. I, they're the cream of that group. So there is no real competition for their quality within that group, but they're going to find it outside. And that's I've also where they ran into trouble in the tournament last year. Correct. Group D, I, I think, again, I, and it's, it's so weird. All the Premier League teams are snoozing through their, through their groups. And I think Liverpool is another one of those. Mm-hmm. Up, up nine points, they've won all three of their games. I, I think they're the easy, easy number one coming out of this. Correct. I'm going to have to go with uh, Ajax. Mm-hmm. 
going through over Atalanta and that that kind of hurts too because Atalanta's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just think that Ajax has a more quality squad and have been yeah. playing more consistent. I, I mean, you you saw it the, this this past uh, week. You know, Atalanta had a real chance to show up against Liverpool and got crushed yeah. against a against a Liverpool team. Yeah, sure, they woke up in this game. Uh, Jota had a lot of great goals. But, I mean, the Liverpool, like I said, has snoozed through this tournament so far. Yeah, good thing to note here on, on Liverpool. Even though, even though they have not played the game that we uh, expect them to play, they have not conceded a goal in the Champions League as yet, um, which is quite impressive. They're also playing two home before they play their away game against Middleton, Middle Middle Run. It's it's going to be, it's going to be this this group stage is is yeah. I, I agree with you fully on this one, Tyler. Liverpool goes in. I think that they have bigger fish to fry um, as they're going into um, what seems to be a rough week next week uh, and the following week in the domestic cup. Um, Ajax has better quality. And, and honestly, it could be a fight to the finish between Ajax and Atalanta, but Ajax Atalanta... has two home games, including Atalanta coming to their home, home uh, court. Correct. Um, and I was about to say Atalanta has to go back up against Liverpool at the Anfield on match day number four, which could be the nail in the coffin for them because Liverpool is not going to let up. Um, then they're back at home and then back away against Ajax on match day six. So, moving on to Group E. Um, again, it's pretty clear-cut. Um, Chelsea and Sevilla are both on top of the group with seven points. There's no way uh, for Krasnodar and Reign to even try to sniff back into this competition. Um, they would have to win all three of their next games. We have not seen something like that happen. Um, at least I have not seen something like that happen. If you have, please uh, put something down in the comments where a team that came out of the group stage after drawing one game and losing the other two was actually able to come through and still make it to the round of 16. Um, From my knowledge, this has never happened before. Uh, But Sevilla and Chelsea will go through to the next round. Even though I was not impressed with Chelsea's last game um, against Reign, it was quite messy um, and they will be back uh, in Rain Stadium to on on match day number four. Um, they have two away games to their home game against Krasnodar on the last game. But it's it's really it's really we have to see what happens between the two clubs going in. Uh, Tyler, you have it as Chelsea number one and Sevilla number two. I'm actually gonna reverse that and put Sevilla on top um, to go through um, first in the in the group. Um, and Chelsea going in second. And it, it, I mean, it could go either way, mm-hmm. uh, if, if we're being honest. I, I Honestly, at this point, I think it's who has, who's going to be defending at home and who's going to, as much as home field advantage doesn't necessarily matter right now with no fans, I think Chelsea will ultimately step up, even though they have to go into Sevilla uh, on this go-round. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that that's going to be a huge game. But I, I think Chelsea does squeak it out, even though, again, all the Premier League teams are just not playing up the snuff. No. Well, ex- except for Liverpool. I, 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 give it, I give it to them because they're, they're, they're kind of like, 
um, for our U.S. fans. They're kind of like the Golden State Warriors when they were hot. They're, you know, the, the, regu- the regular season just doesn't feel that exciting, so the players aren't playing that well. They're, they're coming off of winning the Premier League last year. Um, they're hungry for this Champions League win this year, um, but they've been doing well over the past couple of years, and, and we're going to see them really come to life in the round of 16. So the group stage to them doesn't really matter. Um, Chelsea has been a fluctuating stock for a while. But going into group number F, um, this is another hard group for me to decide, honestly. Even though we saw Borussia Dortmund really come to life last week, um, and Lazio in with number in the second spot, I do have a surprise for you here, Tyler. Oh, I do have a surprise for you here. I think, um, and and this is this is just my inclination. Um, even though the odds do seem against them, I have seen great stuff from this club. I think Club Brugge takes the second place spot, where Borussia Dortmund takes number one in Group F. And see that that was what's hard for me is, while I do think Lazio does ultimately make it. If you haven't noticed, I've been really into Club Brugge these past couple of weeks. Like I've been very impressed with them. This this past week was the the only time that really started to to give me some doubt because I was unconvinced by the keeper play. Mm-hmm. Brugge let in some goals that they shouldn't have in yes. this game, and I think that's what was most disappointing to me. And that that's kind of what made me question because they they do have an American keeper who actually started the first game, and then uh, I can't remember if he played the second game or not. But against Dortmund, instead they had Mingale. That they the team felt different. I think that's the that's what's making it hard for me to 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 pick them. Right. I, and, and this is the thing. I think that the reason why I'm picking them, I'm not, I'm not super fantastic when, when it comes to these picks. Um, they started off hot. They've beaten the, the lowest team in the group so far. They've come square with Lazio and then got demolished, I would say, against Borussia Dortmund. Um, they're going back up. And again, the, the odds are against them on this one. Um, they would need to draw that game against Borussia Dortmund in the next match away from home um, completely destroy Zenit um, on match day five and then hold off against Lazio while Lazio will win the first game against Zenit their next game is away from home against Borussia Dortmund which I believe is going to be uh, a loss for them and then it needs to hold on the last day that will bring it down to um, well, if it goes like that, Lazio will will be in still in second place because they'll hold the same amount of points um, as they'll hold the same point difference. They they would have to do something. Lazio would have to mess up something special, I think, for Brugge to yeah. to to get in there. Looking at the games yeah. that are coming up, but one thing is yeah. clear: Dortmund woke up, and Dortmund's playing well. And as long as Holland is out there on the field, they they can. They can fly high. Can, Holland is. They could do a lot. Ho- Holland is one of the more exciting players to watch. 
I, I just love watching so, that dude run. He looks like a galloping gazelle. And he covers <laughs> his legs are so long, he covers so much ground. So when, mm-hmm. when they're able to hit him and he's able to get breakaways, he's beating the defense ninety percent of the time just from how long his legs are. Correct. And his shots are so quick. You you don't know when they're coming. And that mm-hmm. was that was one thing that I uh I took away from this game is he didn't have breakaway goals where it was right. him. The, it, he made great breaks toward the goal for tap-ins. Mm-hmm. They were tap-ins. Yeah. And, but they were still good goals. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. like an easy, like bloop. He like, there was still some skill involved, but he, he had to make those goals. They had to work as a team to make those goals happen. It wasn't just Holland doing what he does. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what makes Dortmund scary. Yeah. I, and they I, woke I, up. They did. They did. Um, I, would, I would say that against all odds, I'm still going to pick Brugge. Um, even though I'm looking at the stats, I'm still going to pick Brugge. But it, it would, it's, it's going to come down to the last game. Match, yep. day, match day six is going to tell it all. Because we kind of know what, what the results are going to be um, for the two, game, the two match days before that. The last game is going to be the real result. Group G, my favorite group. My favorite group. <laughs> and, and, and another easy one. Another, another easy one to pick. Uh, Barcelona's going through. Despite all the issues that we've been having with Greasy, you know, um, we've been dealing with this for a while. We still have uh, one of the best players, if not the best player in the world, um, commanding the front uh, for, for our club. Uh, Fati? You know. hmm. Fati's good. Fatih's good. Uh, Dembele showing up big in the past couple of games. Really good game all around. Uh, PK putting in uh, a header this past game made me so proud. Uh, he devoted it to his son. Um, that goal scored. Um, so Barcelona through. Uh, Juventus, they have Cristiano back. Um, the real game of the century will happen when Barca goes up against Juventus on match Home day game. number Number six, it's going to be the home game for them. Honestly, I kind of feel like I, I don't, I'm not excited for that game anymore because the pressure's off. I, I, I think that this group would have been completely different if on um, match day two, Juventus had um, Cristiano Ronaldo going up against Lionel Messi and a head-to-head clash of the century. Didn't happen. Um, so now the, the air's out of the balloon. We, we know that they're both going to go through, and I don't think that either team is actually going to play their hardest to, pre- to preserve their players going into the round of 16 or into whatever domestic game they would have thereafter. Um, it's not going to be an, an important game for them. Um, on barring uh, Juventus makes up some ground against Barcelona to try and get to that number one spot. But if Barcelona continues to play that the way, and and, and don't get me wrong, um, Barcelona has still not looked the way in which I know Barcelona to play uh, their championship football, um, despite being three three wins up. So we, I still need to see my team wake up a little bit to get to a place where they could, where I'm sure that they're going to hold down that number one spot. I'm still shaking. I'm still shaking from last year. We got those eight goals. I'm still Shay. They they hurt me bad. I got hurt bad on that one. That was a bad um, one. That was a bad one. That was that was horrible. And then all the turmoil that's happening in the club right now, 
Um, it's, it's, I'm still skeptical. I'm a skeptical fan, guys. I'm a skeptical fan. Um, Greasy is still a sore spot for me. But it's one and two Barca Juventus. That's my prediction as well. Um, going yeah, into, I, I can't argue with with you on that one. Yeah, but I also don't really want to argue with you because I want to talk about Group H. Let's let's talk about Group H. Though. <laughs> Honestly, guys, we could have spent an, an entire hour talking about Group H by itself. The, right? This group has been so fascinating to watch. As a reminder, this is Manu and Leipzig tied. With six points and PSG and Istanbul Bakhshashir tied with three points. The, this was man used to lose coming mm-hmm. into this past week and they lost it. And it was PSG's to regain and they didn't. Mm-mm. So that leaves us with a hot Leipzig team who also made the semifinals last year. Mm-hmm with a Man United team who is struggling not only in the Premier League, but looked all sorts of out of sorts against Istanbul Bashikshir. That mm-hmm. first goal that uh, Ba scored, that never should have happened. I was taught in middle school to, to never let that happen. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't know, uh, Man U was playing so far up that on a clear... Bob basically had the whole field to run and scored a goal. Mm-hmm. You you never want to get caught like that. You never see teams of Manu's caliber get caught in something like that. Mm-hmm. And despite their current quality of that squad, you would never have expected to see that coming from them regardless of how they're performing. It was just baffling that they let that happen and it really set the tone for the rest of the game. Either way, you have a Man U team who beat Leipzig, so therefore they are technically in first in this group. Mm-hmm. You have the, a struggling Man U versus a red-hot Leipzig. I might even argue that Istanbul Bashir might wake up after that win against Man United. Mm-hmm. And then you have PSG, which despite not having Mbappe, they have two red cards they're going to have that are going to have dire consequences in the next game. They have no Neymar. Who knows if Mbappe is even going to play the next game. They've got a couple of weeks to rest him up uh, off of his injury. But from the PSG team that we saw in the Champions League finals last year, this is not them. No. That team looked disciplined despite losing to, to Bayern. They mm-hmm. looked disciplined. They looked in sync. And this team is not that. No. A completely disjointed uh, PSG team going into the next three games. Now, let me tell you. The, let me let me just eliminate PSG right now. So they have two red cards going into next week. Um, they have a couple injuries, so they're missing two of their players uh, going against Leipzig, who just who just beat them quite pronouncedly. I'm I'm not gonna uh, now the the score ended up two one. Um, Leipzig got the the penalty shot. And then just kind of like it was a messy, scrappy game um, going into this one. They, they, Leipzig feel very angry at their 5-0 defeat to Manchester United the, the week before. Um, so going into match day number four, PSG is going up against Leipzig. So I could see that result going one goal either way. Um, if it goes in the way of PSG, that gives them three points into 
the three points that they have now that puts them at six and Manchester will have to lose in order for, for PSG to actually take top spot on that one. The game after that, they go up against Manchester United in the Old Trafford. Um, I think hopefully Manchester has an opportunity to, to do something there, but the week before they're going back up against Bassett um, which is still a toss-up. This whole group is a toss-up. And then match, they, they, they could possibly draw that one against Manchester United because in the Old Trafford, they are pretty good. This, this season, um, not so much. But going back home, hopefully there, there's something there. And like I said before, they, they beat PSG uh, and at, in France. Um, they beat Leipzig at home and then came and lost to Bashir um, away from home. This next round, they have two home games against Bashir. This is their opportunity to, for redemption, but then have to hold their own against the French Giants on week five, on, uh, on match day five, and then away from home against Leipzig, who I'm sure are chopping at the bits to try and take them out in that last game. If I were to go on a limb, I would say Leipzig first, PSG second, right? Because PSG is going to get back the two red card players on match day number five. And hopefully by match day six, barring any other issues, disciplinary issues that we've seen, um, the collapse of them so far, um, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I do not give Manchester United. I, I think that there's just more drama at Manchester right now. Bring, bring in your point, Tyler. I, 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 see, you, I see you biting. You, you want to you wanna jump in on this action. I, I, I agree with you, and I, I, honestly, the way things are going, I, I was almost tempted to put uh, Patrick Shear going through uh, <laughs> for, the sec- for the second one, but it's really hard when you have two road games uh, going into the, to the last set of games where everything's on the line. But, but at least it's split. At least it's split for Patrick Shear. They, they have a away game, home game, and away game. Uh, unfortunately, that the last game is really the important one um, when it comes to something like that. But go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you spoke to Manu's problems. So this past Sunday, I watched them play Arsenal and look terrible. And I even texted Greg because this was after their 5-0 uh, win over Leipzig where they looked really good. They looked like they might actually be turning that corner. And I, and I texted Greg and I was just like, what is happening to Man U right now? They did a complete 180 like less than a week later from defeating a really, really good Leipzig team. And then they turn around and do this other, they have this other performance against Istanbul Basak Shir. I think it's embarrassing for, for, for the club. I don't think Man United fans would ever expect to lose to a team like Istanbul Basak Shir. And that's not a, knock on Bashir's quality. They're a very, very good team. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. But that's just not the Man United that those fans are used to. Man, The Man United that they're used to doesn't lose those games. Mm-hmm. And so couple all of their problems on the field with chemistry. I mean, we could go into a whole thing about how uh, Paul Pogba does not fit that offense and, you know, that he looks very uncomfortable and the, the Man United just has a ton of issues. Yeah. And, and the, on, on the field. Yeah. But, the, but then they also have Ollie. Yeah. 
who his seat could not be hotter right now. Mm-hmm. Couple your on-field problems with a manager who might get sacked any day now. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't know if it actually would happen, but I mean, they could sack him in the middle of this tournament if they wanted to. Oh yes, and we've seen that happen to, before with coaches. We've seen that happen before, um, especially if they have a prospect who uh, they believe could come in and take over um, mid seat, well, mid mid competition like this. Which uh, I believe you're referring to is it Vanderbeek? No, Mauricio. Oh, you mean oh, you mean the co- a coaching prospect? The co- sorry, correct, sorry, sorry. Right. the coaching prospect. Yeah. Yes. But but also to Donny Vanderbeek, they spent mm-hmm. so much money to bring him in. He was not Ollie's choice. Ollie wanted Jack Grealish, who's on Aston Villa. When they couldn't get him, he was like, fine, just give me whoever. We need something. You've seen in the Premier League, Van de Beek is a sub. Mm-hmm. In the Champions League game, he started the last two games. But in the Premier League, he's a sub. So clearly, he and Ollie are not on the same page. And the management wants him to play. Yeah. Ollie does not. And when you have that kind of discourse between management players and your, your coach, there are going to be problems. To, to relate it to, to American football, it's what happened to the Patriots. Yep. Bob Kraft, Belichick, and Brady all on different pages. And look mm-hmm. where things are now. Brady's in Tampa Bay doing fine. And the Patriots are struggling. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation. We yeah, I yeah, could yeah, talk about I, that. I could talk about for that for, for hours, but for but um, just 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 for for our it's American, a good reference. Yeah, it's, it's just a, for it's our a American, good reference. It's a similar. It's a similar. It's a powerhouse that has a power struggle within the organization. Somebody's going to win. Someone's going to lose. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to guess that the person that's going to lose is Ali. Correct. Um, and we'll lose big. I, I honestly, you know, Ali, Ali has been coaching for, for quite some time, um, but mostly with, with a smaller club. Um, Manchester United was quite a out, of, um, out on a limb kind of opportunity for, for him. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. I was really rooting for him going into this, um, but there are a lot of prospects out there that could possibly take his job who have played um, Champions League, um, who have coached Champions League teams before, who have a, a lot more experience than he does um, dealing with the type of personalities that he has to deal with. A lot of times we, we just think about the game as in just the game and stats, but you have to understand you're dealing with human beings here who, who you know, it seems like Ali's not having a great relationship with the management, with um, the front office. He's not having a, a good relationship with, with the players. And when you have that disjointed um, struggle between either one somebody's got to be on your side somebody's got to be on your side and I, I don't see i don't see manchester really pulling out the this will be a situation where i see them hold on to the six points they probably land at seven for the most part if they do pull out of the group stage hooray for them um but you got leipzig who is hungry and psg just needs to clean up a little bit before they are back on their championship, but they're not, they're not going in number one. And just if we think about that for a minute, unless they do the the draw, if things go the way that we expect them to go and PSG at number two, they'll have to face Barcelona in the first round of the round of 16. 
Yeah, I just to to close out our uh, our halftime and our uh, our kind of mid uh, group stage picks. I, I will begrudgingly put PSG uh, in at second. So Leipzig winning and PSG uh, making it through. I, I just see Man United collapsing. We'll we'll really see once they get their uh, their rematch against Basakshir in Old Trafford. And if that doesn't happen, they haven't won in Old Trafford this year, something that hasn't happened in a very, very, very long, long time. time. And it's almost unfathomable to think that they wouldn't make it through, but I think it's a real possibility that they blow their two opening performances, beating the two teams that would make it through ultimately and continue their season of mediocrity. And I, and I don't say begrudgingly PSG makes it through because I don't like them. I just think that this is one of the most dysfunctional groups. Group H is incredibly dysfunctional and, you know, someone's got to make it through. And I think they're the ones that are most likely to clean up their act. PSG is good, but they're just lost right now. Uh, Tuchel has a lot of work ahead of him to, to kind of rein in that group. So yeah, that and that's that was my you know I, I would not count them out if I were if I were you guys, I won't count them out. I I I think that there's still a lot of promise um, to that could show with them. Um, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. Uh, Tyler, we've we've been that was that was the longest halftime that we've had uh, <laughs> ever. As a matter of fact, let's get into our five minute stoppage time so we have a week off um and we're gonna pick back up the competition um on the 24th november 24th we're gonna pick back up with the games um tell me tyler match day seven and day eight who's playing who and how are we doing so day seven we have krasnodar versus sevilla rain versus chelsea dortmund versus Brugge, dynamo kiev versus barcelona Juventus versus Ferg Veros, Lazio versus Zenit, Man U versus Istanbul Basakshir, and PSG versus Leipzig. Of those games, there are three that I'm circling PSG Leipzig, Man U Istanbul Basakshir, and Dortmund Club Brugge. Mm-hmm. I, I think those are the three games to watch, and I wish one of those were in the early set so that you at least wouldn't have to choose through you know the brutal schedule that these games have (laughs) if you haven't noticed i'm not a fan of how these games are scheduled two early games and then six (laughs) late games come on all at the same time at least space them out an hour so while one's on halftime i can see how another game's going anyway not my problem um but the, the the those are the those are the three games for me dortmund brugge man united versus assemble bashikshir and psg leipzig Fantastic. I, I think I'm I'm probably circling for for my match day seven. I'm I'm looking to see what Manchester United is gonna do. Of course I gotta circle Barcelona just because I, I'm you know, I, I expect them to win the game, but I'm gonna watch that one anyway. And then um PSG. I think that the the games that I really wanna see this is gonna be in group H. All the group H matches plus uh Barcelona. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Match day seven, match day eight. Tyler, well, we we set up Brugge and Dortmund so well when we were going through the group, and you won't even you won't even put them in your. 
I'll give I'll give uh, I'll give the highlights a watch, but uh, mm-hmm. Bar- Barcelona takes priority. I watch all the highlights anyway, but um, when it comes to no, games, I'm, I'm gonna watch. <laughs> Barcelona takes priority. Um, I do have uh, a little bit of edge on that one. If if the game <laughs> is going well, um, I may switch over to see what uh, what Brugge is doing. But I can I I kind of expect Dortmund to run away with that game. Match day, day eight. <laughs> I got lost. On. Match day eight, Tyler. So match day eight, we have Mönchengladbach versus Shakhtar, Olympiacos versus Man City, Ajax versus Midland, Atletico Madrid versus Locomotive, Bayern versus Salzburg, Inter versus Real Madrid, Liverpool versus Atalanta, and Marseille versus Porto. Oh man, the. I definitely want to see that uh, Mönchengladbach Shakhtar game because uh, mm. that could that could really unlock Group B. Uh, Bayern Salzburg. I'm interested to see what happens. There are four good games for me. Uh, yeah. So Mönchengladbach Shakhtar, uh, Atletico versus Locomotive, Bayern Munich versus Salzburg, and uh, Inter versus Real. Basically, all of Group B and I think all of Group A, all of Group A, and all of Group B. <laughs> I think for me would be that uh, Marshall Gladbach uh, Shakhtar rematch. I'm really excited about that. Real Madrid is a, a team of interest for me against Inter Milan. They should be able to come away with that victory. Um, supposedly, we'll see how it goes. And um, Locomotive, the, that's that's my three. That's my circle now. You're right. All four games are to be circled on, on the group. The ones that I'm going to watch, Salzburg has to shock me in order, in order to, to – if they, if they beat Bayern Munich, I would regret not watching that game. Uh, but it's, it'll have to be a great shock for, for them to pull through on that one. I'm not and, sure. And you never know. Like, the Salzburg did have a home game. You know, they, they did play a strong 80 minutes. Yes. It's just a shame that the game is 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Anyway, guys, that has been another episode of Stoppage Time with Tyler and Greg. Tyler, we talked a lot of football today. We talked a we lot did. of football today. Um, went into, into great bits of detail. Guys, we enjoy having you with us every time, that you, every week that you come on and listen to us on stoppage time. I hope that you've taken something from this. And if there's something that you want to teach to this, I'm not saying that I'm a football purist. I've just been watching the game for the past 20, 22 years of my life um, on all levels, um, even played a little bit. But uh, it is something that I enjoy. It's something that I know that Tyler enjoys. He's the one that brought me into into this podcast, um, which we do have another podcast, which is the For Real Podcast. Um, but this this sports, sports and movies has always been something that we completely enjoyed, and we enjoy spending that time with you. So, I don't have a whistle to blow. I'm gonna get a whistle for next for the next week. Next week, I'm gonna get a whistle. I'm gonna get and a I'm whistle. Gonna get, I'm gonna get earplugs. That sounds good. I, I, I'm gonna get a whistle. I'm gonna get some. Um, I'm gonna get some cars. I get a yellow one and a red one. When Tyler's out of line, I'm gonna show him a card and write <laughs> his name down. Put him in the book. Um, so, guys, thank you so much for listening to us. And we can't wait to see or hear from you next time on Stoppage Time.